G'day, welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, those in life chat music and more. Our feature guest this episode is taking the whole show, so find a body of water in your mind and let's dive in. Natural Habitat Studio is a space created by violinist Orca. Depth's latest cut is second outing for the artist from an album due over the horizon. With classically trained violin as the starting bass and inspiration through the surreal, they release music that is immersive, experimental and soundscapes that bounce with ease between acoustic and electronica sounds. Teaming up, Notably, with James Cecil of Architecture in Helsinki on production and ahead of the launch of the new single, Orca joined Radio Notes via Skype for a chat. Orca, welcome to Radio Notes. Hello. You've said that as a human, I'm alone and through the music is where you share who you are. Really, as humans, we're all kind of trapped within our own consciousness and the way to kind of move out of our consciousness and experience things with other people is is to communicate. And one of the truest forms of communication in my mind is through music because it transcends language barriers and all sorts of things. It's evoking like more of a an emotional response between people, which is what something that I try and achieve in my music. Guess there is a sense of vulnerability at this point that the music's been recorded, so at least it's outside of you now. But yeah. then the next stage is sharing that more publicly. Are you feeling vulnerable because of that? Oh yeah, I feel vulnerable a lot of the time with my music. It's always a very personal thing. I think a lot of musicians would agree that sharing music is partly you want to maintain some sort of level of professionalism when you're putting out music, but it's also a very deeply personal thing. It's a hard combination to wrap your head around sometimes. So, yeah, I'm excited for the release. I am hope that plenty of people will listen to it, but um, there is also that level of a little bit of wonder what will happen once it becomes free into the world. <laughs> what emotions did you go through when that first single of the new album was released? It was a pretty tumultuous time, actually, earlier in the, this year. Um, I've been going through quite a introspective journey this year just because I've been focusing on my music so much and it's a very self-exploratory sort of journey, I guess, recording and writing songs. So it was a tricky time. There was a lot of kind of anxiety and stress involved with it, but it was also sort of joyous time in some ways as well. Being able to share something that has been brewing inside for such a long time was really exciting and I got so much great feedback from the single. So I'm glad that people have enjoyed the song. For this release, you've set up your own natural habitat. In fact, that's the name of the studio that you built yourself for this record. That's it, yeah. In what way, Okra, is it a natural habitat for you? I named the studio Natural Habitat because I felt like if there is a space where a creative person might feel safe and at home and comfortable, it would be within a studio. And it also kind of evokes that what creative people do is a natural sort of activity, something that we would potentially inherently do in the wild. It's a space where we can create and be safe. Acoustic 
and electronic herbs. You have this beautiful blend of the two. I've always kind of been interested in finding the balance because my music's primarily created using violin sounds. So a lot of sounds and textures you can create using violin that don't rely on any electronic elements at all. So it's about exploring all the different tones and timbres of the violin, as well as running it through electronic effects. And I ran it through a modular synth the other day and got all these unexpected, strange sounds and put them all into a recording. So it's kind of like about blending all the different elements that I can create using violin and creating a whole world and soundscape from that instrument. Over 20 years playing the violin, let's go to Mm -hmm. the first time you're introduced to the violin. Was it a good experience? (laughs) I think it was probably in year three and um, I was forced to pick an instrument out of cello, viola and violin. It was a good experience. I look back on all those years of learning violin at school with like fond memories. You had to choose yep. between violin, viola, cello. What else was in the mix That's there? it. Just those three. three because I went to a Steiner school and at that school and in Steiner education, they encourage music from a very early age. But not they, much diversity really. The thing is with those instruments in particular is that it trains your ear really well because if you think about it, a lot of other instruments have keys or notes in place like a piano has a whole keyboard so you can't play a note out of tune necessarily unless the piano is out of tune. So it's about training your ear and finding your note, just using your ear to find the note in particular. So good oral training. <laughs> yeah. So from being somewhat forced to play the violin to actually enjoying it, was that the <laughs> teenage years? Definitely went through a phase early in high school where violin was definitely not cool and I just wanted to play guitar. And I started learning guitar too, but yeah, my mum really pushed me to continue on with violin and I'm glad that she did now because obviously I've made it a big part of my life and being able to play some different styles and being able to choose some of the music that I played as well because obviously in primary school we got kind of fed all the songs that you had to play and then in high school I started being able to choose a little bit more of the different styles that I enjoyed. That was great. Was the violin company during those more tumultuous teenage years? Yeah, I think it's a way of expressing yourself for sure. It's also a really good way of providing an outlet for dealing with difficult things. I mean, music in general, just being able to perform and play music is a really good way of processing things for sure. Did the violin provide some limitations in those emotional journeys you were going through? I wouldn't say limitations. I'd say probably really helped me find my artistic expression. It's a very expressive instrument. have not only explored the electronic styles, but have done a lot of jazz and bluegrass folk kind of music as well, classical. Who do you sense is your contemporaries when it comes to the violin? I have always found Andrew Bird's music very inspiring just because he has really explored a lot of the different ways that you can use violin as a main instrument. I used to um, try and emulate a lot of Stefan Grappelli's kind of music um, with Django Reinhardt, the gypsy swing jazz movement as well. Laurie Anderson as well. She was a big kind of electronic violin pioneer in the 80s. Where do you find that inspiration to put pen to paper or notes onto the screen? 
it's one of those things that you've got to kind of let brew within yourself, take your time to, well, this is the case for me anyway, just give yourself time to let it stew for a while. And then really the way it's worked for me is it's just kind of all come out in one day when I get a moment of clarity, really. I feel like there's a lot of confusing, conflicting ideas kind of brewing in my head. And then one day I'll just sit down and press record on some ideas that have been simmering away and then they'll just kind of spring into life and become really clear. It's also about removing yourself from distractions as well to be able to get that creative flow going. I find that whenever I go away to the country and record for a little while or whenever I just lock myself in the studio and turn off all notifications on my phone, that's when the best stuff comes out. When you say go to the country? For my last single, Reverie, I went to my dad's house out in the bush and he lives on a big farm property and no one was there. It was just me for a few days by myself. So I set up all my equipment in the lounge room and just had the fire going and was very wholesome and, (laughs) you know, eating lots of good food and not getting any really Wi-Fi or reception. So yeah. And then that day I was feeling very uninspired, a feeling very uncertain about all the music I was recording. And then I just turned on the microphone and said, I'm going to record something. And then the melody and the lyrics and everything all came out in what, like one hour pretty much, and then used them for the recordings on the song. There's no one else there. It's just you. That's a conversation with yourself. How do those, yeah, there's a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. How do those conversations normally go? It's normally, I think a lot of me doubting myself and saying, this isn't good enough or these things are not working or it's not sounding how I want it to sound. And then me just telling myself as well, no, just persevere with it. Be patient. If an idea isn't working, just go back to a new song completely sometimes because if it doesn't sit right within yourself, it might not be worth continuing on with. But sometimes it is. And that's how my last single got recorded. (laughs) What's that relationship like with the parental? Yeah, good. Yeah, my parents are both very supportive of me doing music, have always helped contribute to buying instruments and lessons and have always encouraged it. Even when I say I'm going to quit working a job at a cafe or working uh, other jobs that I do and just focusing solely on the music side of things, they're always really supportive, which is probably one of the reasons why I've stuck with it for so long now. This whole year, so 2019, I've literally just been recording and focusing on writing, which has been a huge change in my process and has really allowed some great stuff to happen. I would recommend to anyone who can do it, but it takes a lot of saving and preparing and especially at this level of sort of emerging artists to kind of prepare yourself for that because it's very expensive the producer of this up-and-coming record, James Architecture in Helsinki, is on board. At the start of the year, I was looking for a producer to kind of help me achieve the sound that I wanted to go for. Started asking around and someone put me in touch with James. And as soon as I went to his studio, blown away with like how creative he was and quick to kind of make things work and encouraging as well. He was just very accepting and open to all sorts of ideas. He wouldn't shut things down, which is a really good process when you're kind of starting to explore. How are those ideas mapped out? A lot of it comes from just trying to 
emulate different sounds that I've heard in other music. So reference other synths and stuff, trying to achieve a certain sound on the violin, which can be sometimes a challenge, but sometimes can achieve like a new result that a sound that you haven't really heard before just because it's a violin run through, you know, some sort of synth pedal or something, or like multiple delays with, you know, a reverse crystallizer going on it or something as well. So achieving those ideas is just a process of kind of trial and error, putting things down, taking things away, and then building up a recording from there. I have a little book of ideas I refer to, and I've also kind of like made a bit of a bank of sounds. Every time I create like a violin synth, I'll kind of save it away in Ableton, use for another song somewhere else. Like I created a um, a pizzicato keyboard. So I recorded every single note of the violin, mapped it to a um, MIDI keyboard. And then so I can play pretty much any chord pizzicato without having to re-record it every single time. And also play it in a different way because on a keyboard, you might do a very different voicing than what you would if you just played a chord on the violin. Pizzicato relates to? Plucking of the string of the violin. So instead of bowing it, it's just a plucked note. Let's talk about the circus. Oh, yes, the circus. Did you run away with the circus? What happened? (laughs) I have run away with the circus, yes, but I come back now and again. It's a group called One Fell Swoop Circus who have a couple of different shows. They developed a show for Fringe Festival 2018, which they asked me to live score. They asked me to perform my own song. So it wasn't about creating a sound that they wanted in particular. They were like totally open to me providing my sound onto the live score. I play in the background while they do these amazing acrobatic skills. They've built a slack boat, a giant metal taco shaped rocking apparatus it looks like a big half moon crescent taco thing and then on the top a slack rope which they walk across so not only do they have to balance on the slack line they have to manage the rocking of the boat as well very hungry now what's your favorite food (laughs) or recipe uh tacos is definitely up there i'm big fan of some good tacos yeah you did seem to have a bit of joy mentioning that vegetarian (laughs) vegan or otherwise Just vegetarian, yeah. I've been vegan on and off as well, but sometimes I just got to have a bit of cheese. (laughs) What did you get from performing with a circus? Because I imagine there is some things that you can get from that that you can't get from working within the studio space. Or even playing a normal live music set in terms of like playing at a bar or a festival. I think collaborating with the visual arts in general is something that I've always found very important with Orca. So I try and incorporate some sort of visual element into every show that I do. It was kind of like a continuation of what I was already exploring, which was great. But I think the thing that I found most interesting was just that it kind of in some ways took a lot of pressure off me as a performer because there was so much going on visually that people could just listen to the sounds and not expect too much from me as a in a performance um, sort of in their view a bit of a fly on the wall sometimes but then would come out and interact with them a little bit too in as part of the show which was cool when did you realize that the visual was as important as the oral i just started thinking about the experience of going to a live music event a lot of people almost forgot about the other senses in some ways when they were going to a gig sometimes i'd be at a gig and i would feel this unsettling feeling and I'd realized that 
most of my other senses were feeling uncomfortable other than the music side. So, for example, there wasn't enough visual stimulation going on. There was a really bad smell. Maybe I was very uncomfortable or the music wasn't matching the environment that I was in. I just started thinking about engaging all of the senses rather than just the audio side of things. Who visually stimulates you in terms of what artists do you like to go and see? Very interested in surrealism. So a lot of sort of surrealist art I find very inspiring and something that I like to try and incorporate into my own sort of visual aesthetic with Orca. I've got such a strong group of creative artists around me as well that are always inspiring me and making just amazing work. If we go to the name Orca, I kind of wanted to choose a name that evoked the imagery of underwater. A lot of the time when I listen to music that I find inspiring or creating my own music, I always imagine that one of the environments where I'd want people to listen to it is underwater, which I know is not always possible. (laughs) But um, if you have underwater headphones, please listen to my music underwater. I think it would be cool. What's the oral picture that you're imagining depths to portray? I kind of wanted to have that feeling of sort of surreal landscape somewhere that's a little bit foreign, but in some ways familiar as well. It's about kind of exploring space that you you might know well, but maybe you haven't really fully understood in some ways. The known but the unknown, that void between the two, is that what you're visualising when you're composing this tune? Yeah, it's about taking that step outside of your comfort zone. Uh, The best way to do that is to feel supported and feel ready. Do you feel more safe with an inanimate or inanimate object? (laughs) that's an interesting question I've never really thought about it I guess I feel more safe with inanimate object probably yeah sure why do you ask it's that difference between trusting another human being and that of an object for which you've put trust in I see well I guess that's something that yeah I've been learning to try and overcome as well is to be able to trust other people in that sense and be a little bit more open communicating and laying responsibility on someone else for things that you find important. What music are you listening to at the moment, Oka, that is making you feel fuller? I've been listening to a lot of Washed Out. His music's got this really great combination of uplifting but dark at the same time. And I always try and create that sort of feeling within my music too. So I think I just resonate with his music at the moment. And for a long time, I've been listening to the gorillas as well and just admiring the creativity of the different sounds that they create, those artists in particular. And I recently came across an album by this duo called Weevil, create really, really interesting sounds and have very minimal vocal sounds, but are really take you to a very interesting place sonically as well. Your journey within the dark, what does that bring you when you go there? Kind of alludes to this other force that we can't really explain within our lives, like almost is the representation of the unknown and the unknown meaning of life as well. As humans, we're always searching for answers and clarity and searching for What does it all mean in the universe? There's a bit of beauty in the fact of in the unknowing as well. 
just allowing things to be how they are in some ways, leaving the mystery to some things is actually better than understanding it sometimes. In the narrative of depths? A lot of the lyrics are kind of alluding to this unknowing other place that we can try and sink into, but really when it all comes down to it, it's a very subconscious kind of bodily thing that we can do rather than like a factual understanding way of thinking about life, trying to explore those feelings and emotions that we don't really have names for sometimes. A lot of the time I get the same sorts of feelings through music and I feel like a sound can sometimes represent how I feel a little bit more than words can. I've tried to achieve that in this song. What kind of vocabulary are your songs on this new album trying to use or provide an essence for? A lot of it has to do with kind of dreaming and mystical side of life. I'm trying to kind of create like a bit of a a universe of my own, I guess, like a, a bit of a a world where it's kind of like a little window into my consciousness. In my world, things are ideally very dreamy and flowing and, you know, you're floating around kind of almost weightless a lot of the time. A lot of the kind of constraints of the earth aren't really there in some ways. It's almost like trying to achieve a consciousness without a body in some ways. Um, A sense of weightlessness. Which comes back to the whole idea of swimming is kind of the closest that we can come to flying and feeling that sense of almost like no gravity at all, just kind of floating and without any constraints at all. What's your experience of a body of water that's memorable? Oh, I've got plenty. Once swam on top of a mountain in Mexico. It's called Earth del Agua, which is the frozen waterfall, and there were some hot springs on top of this mountain. So that was a pretty memorable body of water that I've swum in. Does that suggest that there's a stem of volcanic activity that's reaching through the centre of that mountain? I can't remember exactly. It was such a long time ago now, but they had some very crazy rock formations. The pools had these layered walls of salt buildup, and it was more of like a... I don't know if there was any volcanic sort of element to it. Definitely a lot of crazy colours, interesting shapes and patterns and stuff on top of this mountain. Where's another body of water that's inspired you since we're talking about water? There was another great place in Mexico that I swam. Most of them have been in Mexico. You regularly travel to Mexico? No, no, I've only been once, right. but um, I just did a lot of great swimming. <laughs> I went to this river there, which was just completely like turquoise blue. It was just a really amazing color and just such a contrast to every other kind of body of water that I've ever swum in. So that was quite nice. Also done a swim with the whale sharks over in Western Australia, which was a pretty amazing experience as well. Just floating alongside such a ginormous animal was just unbelievable. (laughs) The sense of perspective as well when you do those kind of swims. That's right. You you get that sense of feeling quite small and insignificant in um, comparison to the earth around you or, or whatever's in nature around you. Where should people be when they listen to the new album? I think just wherever you feel most happy, 
and content, I guess, places that they find inspiring or to somehow engage in a visual experience that they find interesting in any way. So I would definitely say underwater would be great, but if you can't get some underwater headphones, then maybe on the grass, in the sun or wherever it is that makes you feel good. What's your plan for the album? Once it's released, are you going to retreat for another two years? Yeah, maybe I'll just hibernate in my natural habitat studio for two more years. (laughs) No, no, I don't know. I think... I want to try and perform live as much as I can and it's something that I really like doing, performing in front of people and getting to travel with my music. So hopefully I'll be able to travel around Australia and maybe overseas a little bit off the back of the album. Harmony Byrne in her moniker, have you done a duo with her from memory? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, on the EP, she featured on one of my tracks as Leah Hona. She's such a great singer and she's always been a close friend ever since school. When it came time to get someone to feature on that song, I just wasn't feeling any of the vocal elements. So I was like thinking about who to ask. And yeah, she was an obvious choice because she's just an amazing singer. Do you have a little black book of people you'd like to collaborate with? Yeah, I've been talking to a few people about collaborating on a few songs for the album because I have a few tracks that don't have any vocals on them yet. I have been singing on a lot of the tracks this time around, whereas my EP, I felt like I only really sang one little phrase for the whole EP. I'm definitely trying to push myself to do more of my own vocals, but I also am keen to get some collaboration happening How are you feeling about the launch? Uh, I feel really good. Everything that I've recorded this year has been just such a true representation of me as an artist and that's a really great feeling to have. I just feel lucky to be able to create such an important body of work for myself. If nothing else, like I can just look back on it and be really happy with it. Is it like a book? How do you describe that body of work? Yeah, it is like a book. It's kind of like a little... I feel like it's more like a little photo album. There's these little pictures that I've taken over the last two years that I've kind of stuck all together. And for me, when I look back through the photo album, it's a lot of my own memories and a lot of my own kind of achievements. But I'm hoping that someone else can look through the photo album too and relate it to their life in some ways and hopefully use it to cope with some of the things that they're going through or just simply enjoy it. What's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned over those two years on how to cope? Just trying to stay clear-headed. I've definitely gone through some pretty big highs and lows um, in terms of my mental state, and a lot of the songs on the album are about coping with different mental challenges that we, I think are universal in some ways. But for me, it's been a lot of learning about just how to navigate the world and navigate life in such a overwhelming, complex sort of society that we live in now. I feel like humans in some ways haven't evolved enough to cope with the level of information and the sort of pressure that we face as a modern society. Hopefully we evolve to understand our role a little bit better. Do you feel like you've got a better sense of who you are as a person because of using music through the emotions and feelings? Yeah, definitely. And especially in this last year, because I haven't really done any other work, I've mostly just been 
fully immersing myself in the writing and recording process. It's definitely helped me understand my place a little bit better. Also helped me understand how I respond to things in life and also how I think about things as well. When you look across your studio, the natural habitat that you've set up for yourself, what are some of the must-have, the key elements of that studio that you've produced for yourself? (laughs) I think the must-have elements would be to have a space to make some food. That's important, but um, I think just having a space where you feel like you are kind of almost separate from the outside world. It's kind of like a little, not a cave, because that sounds a bit dark and dank, but it's it's definitely like a sanctuary. You definitely want somewhere that you feel like someone might not disturb you because I think that's when you get your best work done. Orca, thank you very much for joining Radio Notes. Thank you for having me. Orca. To swim in their sounds, you can find them online at orcamusic.com. Single Depths is to be launched on 19th of October at Tamale Studios in Melbourne, Australia. only basic love it would never be transformative unconditional forever love next time from the milk records label jade imagine our feature guest thanks to orca for joining us this episode radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links web design there by steve davis theme music by martin kennedy and all india radio I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. Radio Notes.